Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anybody remember what we were going after last week? Healing, right? Healing. And so since everybody got healed and everything was fine, we'll just move on. Some of you are tracking with me already. Okay, okay. So when you get prayed for healing, there's a couple of options for response, right? In your body, like not you, like just response. One is you could get healed, right? What are some other options? Not healed, not healed. Good, good, good. Very good, good. Uh, Give me another one. Partial. There, you get partial credit. Awesome. Partial healing. Uh, uh, Progressive. Okay, come on. You guys are on it. Any others? Gets worse or die. Yeah, let's just put those together. I don't want to. Worse or die. I love it. Any others? How about get better and then get worse? Anybody had that? Where you're like, I'm healed. Never mind. Right? Comes back. Comes back. Awesome. So I've got um, uh, one of our, our uh, b- friends, Warren, has a testimony of that. And Warren, could you just share your testimony of healing, if you would? All right. <laughs> uh, so Peter asked me if I would give a testimony about huh healing and thinking I was healed and maybe I was healed and oops, maybe not and the shame involved with that Um, and I'll just tell you real quick, I have, like many of you, the enemy comes against our destiny right, pretty early on he wants to stop us and so he did that with me, so I grew up just ashamed, I'm I'm in shame all the time, and so when I came here, like four years, how many years has it been, I don't know uh, 25 years, I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the first things happened was that Peter and Masha were praying for people to get healing. And I, since I was a little kid, um, had a horrible neck. And I would go to the chiropractor. My dad would take me to the chiropractor. Crack, 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 snap, snap, snap. And all those things it just would get worse and worse. Till finally, a few years ago, it was just I was almost immobile in my neck, and um, a lot of pain, a lot of cricks in my neck and all that kind of thing. And so this particular Sunday of shame, or freedom followed by shame, I, I, maybe it was Peter, maybe it was Masha, prayed for my neck to be healed, and I thought, wow, I'm healed. Everything is great. I'm feeling good. And then the next day, oh, I'm not so good. And I, it was so early on in my experience at this church that I <laughs> thought, I can never go back there. Why? Why couldn't you? Why did you feel you, you couldn't come back? Oh, it was shame. I had proclaimed because I got up and said, I'm healed, I'm healed. I told everybody. And then, oh, no, wait, I'm not. I can't. I'm so ashamed I can't go back there. But I got up the next Sunday morning and thought, I'm going. And at some point, Peter handed me the mic. I don't remember exactly how this rolled. But I got up and told everybody that Sunday. I thought I was healed, but I wasn't. And I didn't think I'd ever come back to this church. But here I am. So Peter began to pray again. And uh, so he really began to release me from childhood trauma, which was true things that had happened. And I would like to say that it was instantaneous. And in some ways, but I would get a step better, a step better, a step better. I'd fall back. More prayer. Even two or three Sundays ago, someone, I felt like somebody stabbed me with an ice pick right there. And I thought, oh my gosh, here we go again. But that, I, I really believe the enemy wants to disrupt and go, see, not healed. But you know what? That was when I got uh, Jim Castle and uh, Lloyd prayed for me. It went away. 
Boom. And it's been gone since then. So really and truly, he's healed me. And sometimes I believe a lie that I'm not healed. But it's true, he's healed me. And he broke off the shame. So the day he not only brought, broke, brought on the healing, gave me healing, but he broke off the shame. Come on. And so that's probably the better part is the shame is broken off, Come right? On. That's good stuff. Amen. That is so good. Oh. oh, my goodness. I know that ministered to so many, right? Um, so when you get prayed for healing and nothing happens or any, anything other than number one, right? Anything other than just healed and stay healed, and you don't get healed, you get partial healing, progressive healing, worse or die, what do you think about? If you don't die, you go to Jesus and go, what happened? Right? But no, but what do you do when those, when you, when it doesn't work out the way it was advertised? So, uh, one second, discouraged, question it, what do you mean by question? Yeah. Why? Who are my diagnosers? You know, who sinned? This man or his, his parents, right? It must have been. Maybe they were doing it wrong. Maybe I, nobody. Yeah, right? Question the why, like diagnose. I'll be like that. Like maybe, maybe it's a problem with me. Maybe I got the wrong person to pray for me. I don't know. Like maybe I need an upgrade. What else? Fear. fear. Like what kind of fear? Ooh, why, why would you say that? It's good. That you're not worthy of it. Ooh, yeah, come on. Uh, who here is, if you get prayed for once and nothing happens, who here is like, yeah, let me get prayed for again? Right? What, what, why would you not want that? Fear of people, like, because I don't know about you, but I'm fairly confident God loves you. But we're a little, this is, out, the jury's out on me. No? Okay. What else? Judgment. Oh, my gosh. Okay, who here? Not in the church ever, and definitely not here. But when you were sick, somebody told you why you were sick. Awkward. How do you feel in that moment? Well, have you tried this? What about this? What about this? What, that? what do you feel in that moment? Stupid! Yes! Yes! No, I had no idea. I had no idea. Who knew? Who here wants to be somebody else's project? Who here wants to be the remedial kid that everybody's trying to help? Nobody! Moving on. What else? What else we got? Not, not enough faith. One second. Not enough faith. I heard something over here. What was that, Elijah? Getting healed on other people's terms. I really like that. Help me understand it better. Faking! Oh, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Fake the healing. Oh, my gosh. Who here? Okay, don't raise your hand on this. Has ever exaggerated the amount of healing so people would quit praying? Awkward! Awkward! Yeah, no, I'm feeling much better. No, we're going to pray some more for you! <laughs> I'm going to need... My back now hurts from your prayer. I don't know. Okay, who else? What else? Do it on your own. Do it on your own. All by myself. Yeah. Who here... I'm going to turn turtle, I'm going to go into a hole, and I'm not coming out till I get better. Yeah, that's my people. Actually, many of them are not here. But they're like, I'll be back! I see you. Anyway, moving on. Okay, well, let's just not get too discouraged in this. But this is totally, but I hope you understand you are not alone. You are not alone. We just spent all of worship declaring nothing is impossible, right? We declared that his blood is enough. We partook of his broken body and his poured out blood through which his, by his stripes we're healed. But there, anybody see a gap? If you don't see a gap, open up, up your eyes. There's a gap. 
What do we do with that gap? And I was thinking about this this week because my heart was just broken because I could feel in us the pain of that gap. Isn't it a pain? Who here, after hoping and having hope not come through, you've decided not to hope? Who's been in that place? Yeah? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm done. I'm not, I'm, you know what? God, you know my address. You can find me if you need to, but I'm just sticking it out, right? We, it's so painful, and I felt that pain, and I was like, Lord, what's going on with that? And he said something to me, and maybe this is, you understand this, but he said, you know, Peter, you assume supernatural is instant. I was like, but it is. Anybody had a conversation with God where you're like, he's confused and you need to help him out? Where I was like, but it, I mean, that's, I mean, you're God. You show up, things change, right? And who here, when it doesn't happen, like we talked about diagnosis, you start coming up with a theory, right? Who here, when you got healed, you came up with a theory? And then you sold that theory to other people. Anybody notice God never does the same thing twice in Scripture? Like Jesus, when he heals a blind man, what does he do? Spit ministry. We do not do that on our teams, please. That was a one-time deal, right? You know, you know, one guy, blind man, he says spit. Another guy says go, go here, go there. I mean, there's, he does something different every time. But what's going on? There's a gap. And I said, okay, Lord, help my, my understanding if it's not instant, then how is it supernatural? He said, because it's something only I can do. I was like, okay, okay. Keep it coming, Lord. I'm starting to understand that I don't understand. By the way, understanding you're ignorant is actually already victory. Because you can't know you're ignorant. Because ignorance means you don't know what you don't know. But when you realize you don't know, it's already victory. Does that make sense? Because only then when we don't know can we get answers. Because only when we don't know we get questions and questions lead to answers. But questions mean I don't know. Who here was raised feeling that if I don't know, there's shame? If you don't have the answer. Well, that's okay. I'm going to teach you. Right? No, not that. So, so in this moment, you come with questions going, I don't know. And so... One of the things I was, I was asking the Lord about this, like, what is going on with this whole thing about, about if it's not instant? He's, and he began to speak to me about time. Who here wants instant weight loss? Okay. Okay. An X-Acto knife and a vacuum cleaner. Homemade liposuction for you. Everything else is not instant. Right? True? True? But he began to speak to me about time. And so let me just read you a list because he took me through the entire Bible. And I was like, I'm not getting encouraged. Hopefully you'll be more encouraged after this list than I was. Noah says yes to God. And he begins to build a boat where there is no water. And nobody understands, probably including Mrs. Noah. Just saying. How long does he build that boat? Then he gets on the boat. There's no guarantee he's getting off because how long was he on the boat? Over a year. I'm not interested in process, Lord. I'm good. All right, let's try Abraham and Sarah. Abraham finally says yes to God. I want to know what happened in the first 75 years of his life. Like, I don't know. Was he just like, oh, hey, God. But anyway, he says yes to God. And it says he, Hebrews says he went out not knowing where he was going. I'm sure if he didn't know where he was going, imagine that conversation with Sarah. So where are we going? Oh, I'll know it when I see it. Anyway. And God says, well done, I'm so excited, and I'm going to bless you, and you're going to have kids. Yay! Um, just by the way, you do realize we're a little past our prime. How long from the promise to the arrival of the son Isaac? 25 years. 25 years. I'm not getting any younger. 
I mean, that's why I love Sarah's laughter when God says, it's, no, I was serious about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're serious. <laughs> Jacob and Rachel. Jacob, not the nicest dude, right? He runs away after tricking his brother and his dad. He runs away and he goes and he meets somebody who's a bigger trickster than him. Anybody here found somebody that you absolutely despise only to realize later the reason you despise them is they were exactly like you? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the worst. I've started to realize if somebody really ticks me off, I just shut up. Because I'm like, oh, it's because we're the same. I know it, I know it, I know it. Anyway, Laban is just a trickster, but he's going to marry Rachel. He, uh, Laban gives him Leah instead. Obviously, a lot of alcohol involved. Then Rachel, but it's 14 years. He works another six years. 20 years he's with Laban before he goes back to confront Esau and come back into the promise. 20 years. Do you think he could have gone back sooner? Moses, right? 40 years as a prince. And then he kills somebody. He tries to fulfill his destiny in his own time, in his own way. One Egyptian at a time. And what happens? 40 years in the desert. Anybody here tried to accelerate God's timing and found out you slowed it down significantly? Then he comes back and they're supposed to go 40 days in the desert straight across to the promised land. But how long does it take? 40 years. Then you've got Joshua. Joshua's like, I'll be a spy. I'll go into the land of promise for you. Let's do this. Him and Caleb are like, God's got us. This is amazing. This is incredible. I've been waiting my whole life for this. I'm 40 years old. I'm ready for my time. And what happened to the other spies? No, no, we don't want this. We don't want this. God's not good. No, God, we don't trust God. Mm -mm, uh -uh. And what happens? 40 years in the desert. Anybody here, you've been in delay because of other people's choices? No nudging. Naomi, 10 years in Moab. David, 15 to 20 years from the moment he is anointed king till he becomes king of the suburbs, Judah. And another seven years before he becomes king of Israel, all of Israel. Elijah, three and a half years in the desert. You guys remember that? And then he comes out and he goes, I'm all alone. It's only me. And God goes, get off of your high horse. It's not about power. It's about my voice. And you should not be doing this alone. Go get you Elisha. Elisha follows Elijah for how long? 23 years. It says pouring water over his hands. When do I get promoted? Like, I just, oh, that, we're doing that again. Just pouring water. Apparently, he's got to wash his hands a lot. Well, that's good. Uh, right? So then, then Daniel, Daniel, his whole life was waiting, but he's 15. He goes, he, he gets accelerated. He moves into power, everything else. And then his buddy, Nebuchadnezzar, dies for 14 years from his mid-50s to, to the age of 70. Nothing. I'm sorry. From his mid-60s. I always get the numbers wrong. Quite late in life. 15 years, nothing. And everything he'd done was disappearing. All the good he'd done, nothing mattered. But guess what? At the end of that time, the whole purpose of his life comes to pass because he's ready for the moment to rise up and to stand with Cyrus the Persian and send the Israelites back. 14 years of Mary, nine months, Two years in Bethlehem, two years in Egypt, 26 years with a son who's supposed to change the world, but right now is just changing table legs. And then suddenly, dum, bum, bum, but he's so not doing it the way she thought that she and his brothers came to put him on the funny farm. And then he dies. But then she spends the rest of her life seeing the impact of her yes to God. As, as God spreads across the world, the church. Jesus, 30 years, doing nothing, right? 40 days in the desert, and then three years. Paul gets saved. Three years, after, after he gets saved, three years, he's out in the desert. Then he goes back home for 10 years. Anybody say, I'd rather be in the desert than go back home? <laughs> and then he begins to walk in that. 
Anybody see a correlation with time? Anybody depressed yet? Here's the interesting thing. Did you guys notice the, the repetition of this phrase, the desert or the wilderness? If you're going to come out of one place and go into another, do you know what you pass through in between? Desert. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Moses crisscrossed across that desert so many times he became a tour guide. <laughs> Elijah's out there in the desert, then goes back into the desert, then goes into the desert. He's back in and out. David, in and out of the desert. Moses tries to lead the people of Israel through the desert in 40 days. It ended up taking 40 years. How long did it take Jesus to pass through his wilderness? What do you think the difference is? A lot of years. That question, what is the difference, is a really good question to ask. So... Difficulty with our questions are, do you know there's two types of questions? There's manipulative questions and there are open questions. Can you give me an idea of what some manipulative questions are if you're talking to God? Not that you would ever do that. What? That's a great question. Manipulative and open. Well, let's try, just, just guess with me at manipulative. I would say where most of us are very good at this. What's a manipulative question for God? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How about this? Make, uh, let's uh, let's, uh, let's uh, make a bargain. Let's make a deal. Make a deal. Come on. All right, God, here's the deal. So I know what you're really after, so I'm going to give you that, right? Okay, what else? If you love me. If you love me. Oh, come on. I feel like we're just warming up. <laughs> Let me tell you how to handle this. Oh! Yes, I will be God's advisor. Advisor to the Most High. <laughs> Lord, in case you're looking for ideas. Oh, yes. Which, amazingly, doesn't that sound like somebody we saw in the garden? Has he not said? Is it really true? Isn't it true? Oh, come on. What else? Use the scripture out of context. Ooh, I would, I would never. <laughs> scripture, just like the devil attempting Jesus. Yeah. So I was saying that what's the difference? Could be a manipulative. Ooh. Okay. Talk that through for me. Can I see the menu, please? Yeah. Anybody done that? Right? You're like, mm, yeah. I need you to, to go talk with that person. Yeah, no. I'll try this person over here, right? Remember, uh, what is it, name in the Syrian? I'll go dip in a river in Syria. Those are clean. Right? What else? Can I do this because I love you? Can I do this because I love you? Oh, come on. Get out of jail free card. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I like to call that, um, uh, what is the, what's the word? Um, precedence. Legal precedence. Who here likes to come to Jesus with your whole dossier? So I would just like to remind you, Lord, because you obviously forgotten. Yes. By the way, yes. Um, by the way, what do you call something when it's legal and it's concerned with what? Get back to that. Come on, what else? When? When? Well, and it, it, I take it a little further. You wouldn't, but I do. I provide the Lord a timetable. No? No? I mean, I'll even give him options. 
today, tomorrow, or next week. Your choice. Right. Come on. What else? IF. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it. You guys are so on this. I love it. Give me a couple more just for fun. Good job. <laughs> what else? Oh, yes. This is how we do. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Come on. Uh, bless this. All right. What else? Oh, yes. So, man, I've never said that, but I've heard that. Um, so, so, and that and, and that's, goes back to legal, right? Goes back to law, right? Like, um, anybody here, not you, know somebody who was waiting on a breakthrough, and then the person who didn't deserve it got it? It kind of made you mad. Just kind of, just kind of. You're like, you're like, I have so many cases waiting in the, to, to put before the most high. Where were you, Lord? Right? Okay. So I, I, I would push this if a little further. If you really are good. If you really love me. If you really, love me. If you really are God. If you really are God. You better prove it because you're, you're up for re-election. At least in my county. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I've got to tell you. So, so these, again, I hope you feel really encouraged that you're not alone among the, or at least you managed to miss the hyper-spiritual people. Um, but, but this is so normal. Why? Because when a, a manipulative question, it already has what in mind? The end, the end in mind, the goal. And, and many of you guys know business, start with the end in mind. Never leads to manipulation in relationships. So the goal I'm getting for here, honey, is <laughs> how many dishes do I need to wash? I feel the love. At what point will you feel loved enough with this love language? Are we there yet? Not at this rate? Never. <laughs> right? If you start with the goal in mind. So the thing is, is there is a source. Let me use different colors for fun. Source. And there are means, and there are goals. And I would submit to you that God, that the devil's number one trick for all of us is simply switching, right? What does he do in the garden? He says, if he, re did he really say? What does he do? He just switches around a few words. He just steps back and lets us do the work. I've said, given this example, if I were to change the men's and women's signs in the bathrooms, what would happen? A lot of screaming. Okay, guys, who here have been somewhere where there's a sign and you can't figure it out if it's a man or a woman? And I, I can't tell you, I was like at Walmart of all places, and I was sitting there going, I don't know if the sign was down, I was just like, I started praying more seriously than, I was just like, Jesus, and I was like, okay, and I just, or I, and, and I walk in, and I was like, ooh, another time, I walk in, and I'm totally confident. This was actually at our, 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 our uh, mother church, Riverstone, and I walked in, and thankfully, I was one of like three people in the church at the time. Because I walked in, I was like, this is so odd. I wonder why they didn't put urinals in this one. <laughs> now, the sad part is it took like a minute to figure this out. <laughs> like, right? But, but if you just switch the signs, you can get everything all the way up to a lawsuit, right? Right? Because it just have to switch signs. This is what the devil does. He makes God the author of pain and, and the devil the author of pleasure. Who designed the Garden of Eden? Eden means pleasure. 
right? At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The devil makes him the deliverer of the good stuff and makes the God the one who's really holding out on you. Just by switching the signs, who are you going to go to? You're like, I want the pleasure side. I'll go to the pleasure side. I'm not going to go to the God side because I'm going to go to the one who says he's got pleasures. But who here has had pleasure for a season that only turned to what? Bitterness, sour, brokenness, right? So, and, and so just by switching signs. But one of the ways he also does is he switches up source, means, and goal. I am short-sighted. You aren't, but I am. And what I want, I want. And what I want, I want when? You're my people, right? So my goal is that thing. Who here has pursued a goal won the battle and lost the war. All I want to do is win this argument. (laughs) So much for that relationship, but I won, right? What's the prize? Zilch, right? So the goal, the means, and the source. Scripture shows us that the goal, God is what? He is love, right? The love, and he says we will be known by what? They will know you're my disciples by what? That you love one another. The goal, and then in, in uh, um, John 17, 22, and 23, he says what the whole goal of him dying and coming back to life is, is what? That they may be one with one another. How? I in them, so one with me, We are one because we're one with him. And he says, and I am one with the Father, right? Love, he is the source and he is the goal. The the goal and the source are the same. Love leads to love. Everything else in the middle is simply a means. A means towards love. Anybody had somebody say to you, it's only because I love you? What was the one thing you didn't feel? (laughs) Right? Right? Love. Love is the beginning. Love is the end. But all the time, we're more than willing to do. Remember what Esau did when he was super, super hungry? The goal is just get some food in my belly. What did he do? He traded what? His birthright. His entire inheritance what, for the double share inheritance for what? For a bowl of soup. We will constantly, if we think the goal is something less than love, less than what God says about a situation, we will constantly be trading valuable things for meaningless things. So going back to open questions. Uh, I mentioned this last week. I mentioned it many times because it's where I'm living right now. But many of you know that um, starting in 2011, actually, starting in 91, I began to have knee problems. And you know why I had knee problems? Because my grandmother, Oswald, gave, gave me her knees. Anybody got that? You're like, oh, yeah, that's grandma's knees. She had sexy knees, by the way. Anyway, so... Um, uh, no, and so immediately, as soon as it started hurting, my family's like, oh, you got grandma's knees. Yeah, we all got grandma's knees. And, uh, and grandma's knees got worse and worse. Uh, I, I wish I could have find, found mine. I would have put mine on, but I couldn't. And I had my knees. It would have been better. But anyway, and so it gets worse and worse. And in 2011, I ripped something in my knees. And ever after, if I was, I would, they get better and I work out a little bit, push it too far, they'd rip. And then I had more and more problems with my knees. And it got to the point where I was almost unable to walk. Many Sundays, you may not, maybe you saw me hobbling. I don't know. Scott said I look like Gollum. I was trying to cover it well, but that's what friends are for. Um, you know, I thought I was covering, like, I'm real small. You know, yeah, I know that's, that's what friends are for. Anyway, so my knees, my knees, and I literally there were several times on Sunday, like I'm like sneaking in, sitting down in the front row. I'm like, God, if you don't do something during worship, it's going to get interesting. Because I was having a situation where I would take steps and I would fall down. Like if I rotated my knee past this point, it would collapse. And I would fall down stairs. I mean, just fun stuff. So, and 
All this time, I was doing what? I was asking God to do what? How many times did you all pray for me several, many times? Right here. I'm not going to lie. I skipped a few of those opportunities for prayer. I was like, I'm good. Right? But then, one Sunday, y'all prayed for me, and I was healed. Now, what do I immediately want to do? I want to build a theology. I want to build a, a theory. Why I got healed then, why I didn't get healed before. Who's my people? Right? And then I'm going to sell it on the internet for five easy steps. But I want to tell you something that I did throughout the 11 months that I was particularly pursuing healing is I was walking with open questions before God. Not, what is it going to take to get you to heal me? What, is it, what do I have to do to get X? What do I, what do, do you know what I'm talking about? All those questions. They were my questions. All right, what do I do here? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I, do I get that person to pray for me? Whatever it takes. And you know what I, I came to? I, I, during that time, I started asking this question. You've heard me say it before. God, what do you want me to know? Now, I'll be honest. I first started, what do you want me to know about my knees? Do you know what I discovered? Most of the time, he didn't want to talk about my knees. <laughs> Anybody, you know that you, what's the most important problem to you might not be first thing on God's agenda? And, and, and I complained to the Lord about this for you. Um, and he showed me, anybody ever play pickup sticks? You take a pile of sticks, these little like long toothpicks, and you throw them on the ground in a pile. And you have to take one away at a time without moving the others. So which one do you take first? The one on top. But there was a black one that if you got that, it was like a superpower tool that you could use for other ones. So I was always aiming for the black one. And I was always losing this game because I was always, if you moved any of them, you, had, you lost your turn. So I was always trying for the black one without taking the easy ones on top. That was me for a lot of my life with my knees. I was always pursuing the, the just get the healing instead of pursuing the healer, he who is love. God, how do you want to love me right now? What does love look right, right now? And I began to ask even better questions, not even what do you want me to know about my knees, but God, what do you want to talk to me about? I find that oftentimes God is silent simply because he's not talking about what we want to talk about. Now I have a question. God is what? Love. One of the most powerful things is trusting that what matters to me matters even more to him. But he'll get to it when he's ready, when it's ready. Now, I don't know all the details. I can promise you it could have been quicker than 11 months or 22 years or however many years it was. But I want to say this is there was a couple things God began to talk to me about. He said, Peter, you want instantaneous healing, but you don't know how to walk in health. Uh, I'll give you another example from my finances. I want financial breakthrough, but God's like, are you willing to actually learn to steward the wealth rather than actually use it for your own ends? He began to work on things in my heart that changed me in the process. I, I, I'll have a lot of questions for him at the end of days, but I'm not going to come up with a theory. But I'm saying I see the value and the benefit of the good things that he's done in the process. And I'm learning through it to be patient and trust him in the process. But the whole thing about I said about means is we're obsessed with means. What's the trick? What's the way that I get my needs met? True. Give me the formula. Yes. 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 And you know what magic is? The attempt to gain power or results without relationship. What did he die for us? That we might be one. So one of the things I've, I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, what do you want me to know? is an incredibly simple question, isn't it? 
But if you're asking the God of the universe, who has all wisdom and knowledge and understanding, he is all compassion and all loving, he's, he is for me, never against me. Do you think that might be an amazing question? Do you think that might lead you to where you need to be? Um, so as Peter was talking about the process and the years, um, I've, just, I've just had that thought that I've been um, processing for the last little bit. Um, because a lot of times it, we can't control them outcome, we can't control the length of time it takes to get to the promise, to get to where we're going, it can feel very um, powerless and therefore very passive, right? It's like, well, I'll just hang out here until the supernatural thing just happens like this, right? I will just live my life and kind of like what you said, God, you know my address, Right, you know where to find me. You will just zap me one day somehow, and everything will be different, um, just out of nowhere. Yep. Right? Suddenly, suddenly. it's yep. like going to happen suddenly. I'm just going to live it, you know, my life, just do my thing, and then suddenly, you're going to do it. And let me just give you: what are some big areas where we want God to move suddenly? Finances is Finances. a big one for me, come right? On, Magically, come on, come on, come one on. day, I'm just, right. just going to shift, okay. right? <laughs> All right, come on. What else? Relationships. relationships? Yeah. Uh, okay, health. Health. What kind of relationships? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, fix my husband, fix my wife, fix my kids, get me a wife, get me a, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Instantaneous relationships. Those happen. What other areas? Healing, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. You yeah, want... yeah. Uh, what did you say? Yeah, healing. Community. Job. job. Yeah, job, career. Um, I think also for most of us, um, destiny. Yep. Right? Purpose. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to come home along, you know, and it's just going to happen. Who here has like major words of your life and you're like wrapping your head in aluminum foil hoping to get hit by lightning? I, I want to say this with, with um, one of the things about relationships is I've watched this. There's two ditches and I'm good at both. So you guys can choose which part of me you want to agree with. One is I don't, nobody gets me. I'm different from everybody. We have nothing in common. There's no way we can ever be friends or I can have connection with people because everybody's different from me. And I'm the only one. Everybody else has something in common, but not me. You are the only one. Blink twice. I am. I have told Masha these things. She's like, you're so true in so many ways. <laughs> There's a reason. Um, um, but, and so it's funny, we have a men's group that meets on Mondays, and I've heard this from almost every man there. I'm not like every other guy, so I can't really connect with other guys because we're different, as is everybody. But anyway, but then there's the other group. Anybody guess what the other group is? We're the same! Right, right? And you're instantaneously super deep. Nobody? Right? Like, we're identical, we're identical, and you're not! Liar! Right? Why? Because trust is grown. Trust is built one little step at a time. It's grown, not because of being identical, but because of the cross, because we have the same daddy, because we have the same Holy Spirit on the inside. We, he is the glue between us, and we grow relationship little bit by little bit in trust. But if I'm all in instantaneously, it's not real. It's false. It's like a one-night stand emotionally. Moving on. Whew. So this whole process thing, right? Um, I, I have a vulnerable story to share too. Just um, so I would say, maybe I don't know, ten, twelve years ago, I had this this dream about um, 
doing something at KS, on KSU campus. Okay, so I had the visions and pictures, and what do you think I did with it? I did not. She did not run with I it? I sat on it for over 10 years. Was the egg incubating? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, um, I think I just found every... Ex I mean, I am not... I mean, I'm, I'm, like, brave up here, but I'm not, like, super, like, out there in public. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to, like, stop you in your tracks. <laughs> well, you're not and, evangelistic. I'm not, no, not naturally. Like, it's, it's a stretch for me. Like, it's, it stresses me out. So, I mean, it, the whole thing just felt so big and so overwhelming, like, so scary, so out of my comfort zone that I... Um, I hope someone else would do it, and I could join them. Is anyone else there, like, in your destiny and thinks you're like, well, when someone else has the courage, then I will step in and, like, go behind them. Like, don't, don't hurt me. Or, or, has, or has the money. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, or whatever, whatever it is, right? Like, I was, you know, and I had some friends who were, like, super evangelistic and just super comfortable with it and who kind of promised me that they would do this with me and I could just like go behind them but it never happened so I just kind of sat there and sat there with that and then I really felt like the Lord saying I'm moving things very quickly right now and if you don't get in step with me with what I'm asking the small steps the small things I'm asking you to do today you will not be positioned for what I have for you in the future Okay, so that's the flip side of the process, right? So the process is not where we're just sitting and waiting. It's where we're stepping into the small things that the Lord is telling us to do, okay? Come on. So that's the, that's the difference, right? Because so many of us have this huge prophetic words or this expectation. And in my mind, I, I was sharing with Marina um, this weekend, I was like, well, I thought like a revival was going to come and then everything was just going to go be easy. Like I wouldn't be afraid anymore, <laughs> right? When revival is here, somehow all of my doubts and fear and everything would lift and I would just sail like, you know, like it would be just, it will take away the risk, right? It would take away the risk. It would take away the vulnerability and that I might fall flat on my face. Who is with me? Who is like, in the sweet by and by, you have this fantasy of what you're going to be or what you're going to do, but in the day-to-day, -day, you're doing... Right? Am I speaking to anyone? Like, I'm... I am, and this is real, right? Yep. Let, let, me, let me ask you. Let me okay. insert, and then we'll... Because I want us to keep going, because there's good right there. So you heard a word she used. She used a four-letter word. She cussed. <laughs> what did I say? I might have. That's the possibility with my Russian accent. Risk. <laughs> she sometimes does, but that's a whole other issue. Um, yeah, don't ask her for what a, a, a unit of paper. I can, yeah, I'm not allowed to go there. Work. But anyway. She used the four-letter word that we... Who, all, who are my risk-averse people? The goal is to limit and, and get rid of risk at all costs. You know what? Love only happens through vulnerability, a.k.a. risk. It's not love if there's no risk. It's not love if there's no risk. If there's no risk of being rejected, if there's no risk of being misunderstood, if there's no risk of being betrayed, if there's no risk of someone. Now, you want to, that's why I said we take little steps, Right? Because if you jump all in, that's when, a little bit, we grow. So what was your little step of So risk? my little step was, I was like, well, I've been fantasizing about this for over 10 years, but I have never been on campus. <laughs> I worked okay. on campus. I even worked there. I never went. But I had a dream. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to go. And I was scared to go by myself. 
So I contacted this other ministry that would go. So I went and I was just out there and I was like, mm, it, just, it doesn't look as scary as I imagined it. Like it's people are normal. Like no one is going to like hit me or do anything horrible to me. So I'm okay. And I saw this other church and well, my big other hang up was that I needed some kind of permit or some kind of um, registration or like, and we looked into registering an organization and it was like so complicated. It just kind of stopped me there. Um, but I saw this other church and they just hold out like co their coffee urns and tea stuff and they were just passing that out and they didn't have registration. I was like, okay, I have a path in my mind. Um, so, I, you know, we're just going to set up a table and do something. And so here's the other thing, though. Whatever you're called to do, nobody's going to do it for you, but you won't do it alone. Oh, no, 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 no. See, the goal is other people do it, but I just come along behind. No. Or I do it all by myself. No, because the goal is what? The goal is not the means. Your destiny, your purpose is not the goal. It's a means for you. To, your healing is not the goal. Your goal is for you, him, you to know his love. Do you guys remember there were 10 lepers who got healed? Only one came back for the relationship. So my next step was to get a couple people, and we went out to the campus, and we just kind of prayed and asked Jesus for strategy. What do you want me to know? Yeah, what do you want me to know? Like, what are you doing here? How do you want to go about it? And we had this idea to set up an art table. And why did you have that idea? Because, well, no, because actually God used where you had risked before. We risked by creating Love Fest. That's true. And there was an art table mm -hmm. that one of the girls you went praying with had done, had led that art table. Yes. Catalina had led that table. And Catalina it was out there praying with you. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why don't we do where we've already had a measure of success? Wasn't something totally random, mm -hmm. but we'll do that out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we did that, and it has been, we've gone, I think, six or seven weeks. Um, Barbara has joined us, and um, like Haley and Court and Catalina and Ella. But there's like been a group of us, and we've gone, and, and Jake, Jake, you were there. <laughs> um, and just, it's been like an amazing experience. It truly has been like blowing me away, like people have come up and we've built relationships and I've already invited many to my house, right? Another risk. big one, another big risk. <laughs> but like, and I'm just starting to see how just by taking small steps, like in, a, in the process of maybe two or three months, I've stepped into a dream that I have sat on for over 10 years. Come on. Step by step. Little steps consistently made will take you somewhere very fast. Jesus took consistent steps, and he was out of the wilderness in 40 days. And my prayer now for the Lord is just, Jesus, I really don't want to have a no anymore. I just want to have a yes. You know? And I feel like that's just such an invitation this morning. It's just whatever we've set on and whatever we have not taking a small step into to just say, Jesus, I'm not going to make excuses anymore because I have all the excuses with the best of them, right? Like, and I still have so many areas that I have not stepped into that I want to, but I have my excuses <laughs> and I'm going to have to get over them. I'm going to have to get over my fear. What else? I don't know. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Um, the, there's always going to be it's never going to be comfortable, right? If we're waiting on some kind of a magic thing where we're not going to have to sacrifice and we're not going to have to step in, we're going to have, not going to have to be uncomfortable, where we're not going to have to be brave while shaking, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, we're just not going to do it, no matter how many prophetic words we get about it, no matter how much we believe, 
if we never partner with what the Lord is telling us to do, we will never step in. We'll be out of step. We'll be out of that process. That process can go fast. But if we don't step in on that escalator and move in step with the Holy Spirit for what He's asking us to do day in and day out, we're not going to be able to move. So you said a step beyond our comfort zone, not a leap off a cliff. A step, not a leap. So a leap out of a cliff would be me standing up there with a microphone on his U campus. I think I would just literally have a heart well, attack. Well, you probably would have been dragged <laughs> off of the campus. Yeah, all your fears would have become manifest. You remember what Job said, what I feared has come upon me. That's how you do it. But a step beyond your comfort zone, but not a leap and not alone, right? So you invited me into conversations and I gave you some hard wisdom. feedback and wisdom, <laughs> AKA, right? Like it's not doing it alone. It's taking small steps. Beyond. But these two questions are so key for understanding this middle realm. What do you want me to know, God? And it could be in the area of healing. And as you ask him that question, he might say something completely unrelated to healing, like, I want to break shame off of you, right? You would have settled for healing, mm -hmm. right? But God wants to give us so much more, mm -hmm. so much more. What do you want me to know? And then on the backside of that, What do you want me to do? To do. In that, with what you showed me, right? What do you want me to do? Because risk is action. It's not between your ears. Risk is obedience. Mm -hmm. I also so, uh, heard this phrase that love looks like something. It's an action. It's an action, right? It's us going. It's us getting uncomfortable. It does look like sacrifice, right? It looks like loving people who can never pay us back. And this is the worst part. You guys ready? You thought some of the other stuff was bad. This is the worst. When I love, I lose all control of the outcome. Because if it's, if it's, if it's love... It's not manipulative. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. That's why we need to do it in baby steps, not over. We need to grow. We need to walk this out. It, I lose control. So, for instance, uh, if you have social anxiety, like for me, I could not call people on the phone for years. I, um, my mom tried to break that of me. She said, okay, you have to, if you, you have to uh, do an appointment for your haircut as a teenager. You know what I did? I didn't get them. That's why they called me high hair. Because I had the ugliest hair imaginable. I have so much body. I mean, my hair was like that. And it was not pretty. There was nothing. There was no way. I mean, literally. No, there was no. I had no form of loveliness. And so, but God used that to keep me hidden. A hidden gem. Anyway, anyway. Just for you, darling. Um, no woman would have me. Anyway, moving on. Uh, that one was real hidden. Uh, I tried to shear that sheep. It didn't work. But no, so about every five months, I get like a super short haircut, right? Because my mom would give up and call, right? Um, but the thing is, is, is because for me, calling meant I had no control over what was on the other end of the phone. Maybe for you, it's saying hello to somebody you don't know. Maybe it's asking somebody to get coffee with you or get, go to dinner with. Right? I lose all control of the outcome. But that's what love looks like. So if we could have the worship team come up. I want to say this. Every single one of us is in a process, whether we know it or not. Every single one of us, there are things that we have elevated as goals that God says are simply means. Because the goal is to bring us to love to bring us to wholeness, to bring us to union with God and union with one another. And so if we could stand.
Whatever that area is, I want you to just take a moment and say, God, everything's all open now. So what do you want me to know? I want you to listen here. And then I want you to dare to begin that journey one step at a time. What do you want me to do? And to follow him into the fullness of what he's promised. Let's worship. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.